Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone. So welcome to another episode of Money Talk with Tiff. Today is another interview, and I'm super excited because I have Calvin Williams Jr. on the line. And I met Calvin at the Everything Black event, which was a local event where um, Black entrepreneurs and, you know, people that want to see Black people succeed um, all came together at the International Civil Rights Museum. And it was an awesome, awesome event here in Greensboro. But Calvin is the first Black owner of an automated wealth management platform for retail customers. Um, He is the CEO and founder of FreemanCapital.co, and he aims to empower millennials in the middle class with the tools they need to become wealthy. So, hey, Calvin, how are you? Hey, Tiffany, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, excellent. And, you know, we talked a little bit before we got on. It's a beautiful day out today. We're going to try to make the best of it, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly the mentality that, that we have to have. Right, exactly. So, I know a little bit about you, and I just want to catch the audience up. So, before we got on, we talked about your background and, you know, your family and things like that. So it's super, it's really cool that, you know, your great grandparents were the first ones out of slavery, which I assume that's where Freeman comes from <laughs> um, in your business name. But as soon as they got out, they started buying real estate and that kind of set your family up on this financial project trajectory that you have now. So if you can just give my audience a little bit of that story and, you know, as far as you know, like how did they do it? Um, any, you know, red tape they came across or how that happened? Yeah, so the, so the company is named after my great-grandparents, George and Evelyn Freeman, uh, because, you know, what they were able to do is that my great-grandmother, Evelyn Freeman, she was, you know, she married George, and, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, the 1950s at this time now, you know, a bit older in, you know, their life. But, you know, they were able to start, you know, buying, you know, one or two. It wasn't like a hundred of these rental properties, but it was still the, it, it, it was still the mentality of like, hey, I know that just saving is not going to be enough to get me where uh, I want my family and my family legacy to be. And so I had to do something else. So, you know, it's kind of like fix it or flip it before it was even a thing. Uh, because, you know, they were able to like, you know, buy, you know, a couple homes in DC and then rent them out to people in the community. So they, they were providing a need for folks in the community as well as, you know, they didn't make a whole lot of wealth for themselves at that time. But what they did was plant a seed that, you know, has been passed down, which, you know, in my family, uh, you know, the Williams family there, you know, we talk very freely about finances, you know, my whole life, which, you know, really gave me uh, a opportunity to become very familiar with money, the good times and the bad times, and just how important it is to, you know, take calculated risks to, to, uh, to you know, try and move your family and, and your legacy forward. And that whole thing is what, you know, is embodied in our mission at Freeman Capital. 
That is so awesome. Like I admire your great grandparents for starting that and, you know, making sure it just keeps going. I know because my mom does a lot of family history research. Um, She's a historian and in my family, my, I think it was second or third great grandfather owned like almost all of Siler City. So like Chatham County. Wow. Um, but <laughs> he sold all of the property to the bank for like very low um, because he didn't want his, I think he had like eight children. Yeah. He didn't want them fighting over it. So he sold it to the bank before he died. So that way it wouldn't become, you know, a way for the family to cause division. But me looking at it now, I'm like, darn, like, I wish he would have kept it. Like, <laughs> because I have seen, like, when I was working at a financial firm that a lot of the generational wealth comes from owning land and property. And if we could have just held on to that as a family, you know, it could have set, like, me and my kids up. Like, you know what I mean? And all of the other cousins and whatever that would have come out of that. So um, I wholeheartedly admire your family for, you know, working it out, (laughs) you know? Hey, it's me, Tiffany. If you're enjoying this episode of Money Talk with Tiff, I invite you to join me live in Greensboro for three workshops in January. They're all centered around investing because that's a topic that I love talking about. So if you want to join me, you can visit www.moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. Again, that's moneytalkwitht.com forward slash events. See you there. Now let's get back to the episode. I'll just say that, and and we don't have, and we 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 didn't have, you know, like a, like a family wealth manager or anything like that. It just really just probably just happenstance. But I really want to hone in on what you just said there, right? Because when you look at the statistics, people who have access and use a financial advisor generally have at least double the wealth of those who do not. And so in these types of situations, even now, you know, if, you know, your, uh, you know, grandfather would have had a, a chance to talk to a wealth manager and said, hey, you know, the way to set this up rather than just, you know, selling it off is to set up a estate for your assets and then to outline how and when things can be managed. And e- even just having someone to have that conversation with, that in of itself is is a massive privilege and that's why we are so uh you know focused and so passionate on our mission here at freeman because we want to give everyone the opportunity to at least have that conversation because then you can have a new thought and then figure out what can i do to set my family up three four five generations down the line Oh my gosh, yes. That is so important. And, you know, I feel like that's why we both do what we do is because we want to focus on the people that don't think that they need an advisor or don't think that they're worthy of having an advisor and say, hey, like, this is how you can set yourself up for the future and future generations. So with that being said, um, I know you said you started investing at 12, which I wanted to bring up because... 
this is the importance of having money conversations, right? Because you grew up in a household and a family that freely talked about money. And so you were able to get that exposure and therefore start investing. So when you were 12, like, how did that go? Like, how did you, you know, where did you invest? How did you open your account? You know, did your parents help you? How did that go? Yeah, and so I just want to add one caveat because whenever, you know, someone hears, oh, you guys talked about money, you know, kind of freely, oh, things, things must have been good. But no, like, like we also talked about the mistakes my parents made. And so it was really a blessing because I got to see both sides of the kind of like, I knew when things were going well and I knew when things were a little tough. Right. And so, um, and so, with that end in mind, the company that I used was was ShareBuilder. They are they are no longer around. I think they I think they were purchased by ING Bank, who was then bought by Capital One. But this is like you know right around the dot com boom. So my dad helped me to get this account set up, and it was like really kind of game changing because I remember that you could buy companies or buy shares of a company for like one ninety nine a transaction or, or something small like that. And so you know, I and so my dad, you know, I I had always been around com, you know computers my whole life, and so I was pretty comfortable with like using them. But he you know helped helped me to put the money in, and it was like like you know we're talking about 20 bucks it's like you know mm-hmm. allowance money over time and and i do want to use real numbers because people will think oh it's like hundreds of dollars but you know just just getting the the exposure was key because this just happened to be the dot-com boom so i put in a couple bucks and i randomly picked some companies that that i liked but at this time, everyone was making money because it was the dot-com. Like, you could, you know, just throw a rock and make some money. And so that, that experience of putting my money in, seeing my portfolio go up, and then it did go down later on, but still seeing it go up, you know, it planted more seeds in me. Like, wow, you know, like I could have made money without doing any work you know, not like, you know, manual labor work, uh, just to investing. And so that was like the beginning path that, you know, I always was super interested in investing and per- personal finance and I loved it. So, uh, it all really began with that small 20 or $30 account with the share builder. Awesome. Awesome. And I just want to hone in on what you said. Like, it's important to have conversations with kids about the good and the bad. So like, I have two boys myself, and I talk to them about money all the time. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm like, look, whenever they because their only job in my eyes right now is school. So, so I reward them. So I paid them for doing a good job at school. So like, you know, if you get an A or a B, you get a certain payout based on what it is, C's or less, you don't get anything. But with that, I tell them, look, you have to put it, there's three different buckets you need to put it in, save, spend, and donate. And something has to go in each one. So I'm trying to instill in them that A, it's not all about them. (laughs) Like, and B, that you need to save some of this because that's how you're going to get the big ticket items. And I also started up investing for both of them. I'm currently in a 529, Mm -hmm. well, two two 529s because, you know, they're they're already adamant that they want to go to college. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, if that's the case, let's go ahead and make some money on this money 
over, you know, the 0.75% that we would get in the savings account. So um, I did start that this year, but it's important, like I show them the statements, make sure they understand, like, look, this is money that's put away for later. Like you can't touch this. Like my oldest son, he loves Fortnite. And Mm. so (laughs) he's like, well, I have money. I want to buy, you know, this $20 battle pass. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Your money is in savings, you know, what you have right now. So in order to get that, you need to do good in school. You need to knock out a few extra chores and get paid for that. And then that's how you can get your money for your battle pass. Because I think it's important for kids to understand that money doesn't grow on trees (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you have to work for it. And, um, you know, you can't just always get what you want. So that's what I'm trying to instill in my kids. So with that being said, like, I love, 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 love the idea of maybe I'll open them, uh, you know, just a regular brokerage account. So that way they can pick, you know, some stocks that they like, or, you know, maybe look around the house, like, Hey, we have an Xbox, let's invest in Microsoft. Like, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's, there are a lot of great ways to do that. And, you know, even for, for some, you know, you could take it a step earlier, which is just focusing on like the personal finance. Because for me, even at like 15, when I, or like 14, I think I started working at McDonald's, whatever that age was at the time, I was between 14 and 15, you know, I use Quicken, which was at the time like the best personal financial management tool. And I would like put in my a weekly salary, you know, do my little expenses and, I would try and project like, okay, I'll, you know, buy a house at this age. I'll, you know, get married at this age. I'll save for college at this age. And so just by using these tools, even though I was putting in, you know, I'm, I'm making McDonald's money on the weekend. We're talking about a couple hundred bucks. Um, and you know, it, it, it just, it, it just began to build the habits. And even like early on, I realized that, you know, when I would not be more care- careful with tracking my money, then I, I would be more like likely of taking my McDonald's check and going straight to the mall and spending it all in like whatever clothing store. And I did that several times over the summer. And then I just saw how the money that I was making or, you know, you know, had just, you know, disappeared. And so, you know, for us at Freeman, what we're trying to do hard is, is just to partner with people to give them that exposure because exposure brings expansion and just let them know like, hey, this is what you have and this is where you could be if we can make a couple of changes and work together so that at the end of the day, you and your family have more wealth. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always preach knowledge is power. (laughs) Like if you don't know things exist, there's no way you could possibly use it, you know. Um, So I want to backtrack a little bit because you brought up something interesting. You said you had projected when you tried to project when you wanted to buy your first house. Now, I know you bought your first house at age 20, which is amazing. (laughs) I thought I was doing something at 26, but... (laughs) No, no, you were, you were, you were. There's (laughs) no comparison, no comparison at all. (laughs) I'm just messing. But, you know, could you take me through, like, what made you decide to buy a house and, um, you know, that thought process at that young age? Yeah, so I think that it's still, it 
all it all goes back to those you know those earlier seeds i've always been trying to find ways to have my money work as hard or harder than i do and so you know here was an opportunity where I was uh, working a, you know, a full-time job as a co-op. I was working for, you know, in, um, for for those who may not know, but, you know, when you're in college and and, and you get an internship, you are often classified as a full-time employee during the time that you are there. Uh, So, um, you know, because I knew that I I was a full-time employee, I basically used that as my salary to then buy a house. Uh, thank God for my parents, you know, they had set me up with good credit. So when I was 18, something that, you know, my parents had done was they had put me on their credit card accounts, which had a long history. They added me as a signer. So I instantly got that a good credit. Um, and you know, this, this is how generational wealth can go from person to person because my parents did hard work. They maintained their credit. And then when they added me to their card, now I now had, you know, decades of good credit as well. And so you take that a good you you uh, you take that a good credit plus the full time salary at my um, internship or a co op at this time, and then I qualified for a house. Now this was you know during the um, the uh, subprime mortgage time as gonna as well. So like the rules were super you know lax, and so I'm pretty sure that they you know closed those closed those uh, holes and things. But it gave me a chance to leverage my, you know, that credit to leverage my job. And while I I was in college, you know, buy this house. And then what I did was I rented out two of the three bedrooms to some college friends. And so they ended up paying the mortgage of my house during the rest of my college years. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, So with that, um, when you started Freeman Capital, you know, you kept your grandparents in mind, you know, you know it's important to invest. If you can just give us, you know, how the app works, just a brief overview. So that way, if my listeners are interested, they can go ahead and check it out. Of course. So what we're trying to do or what we are doing is that we are focused on trying to treat everyday people like they're millionaires. So millionaires have someone that that focuses on their money you know looks at, at their checking their investments their you know their insurance making sure that that all of their needs are taken care of and so basically what we've done is that we have uh, provided that a service with a monthly subscription cost which is basically the cost of Netflix and Hulu and so within so within our service is three key pillars the first is around financial planning and so what we have is that we have an automated platform where you can connect your accounts, do automatic budgeting, we'll build you like debt payoff plans, college savings plans, all of that. But because we know that just ha- having a tool is not enough, you also get for no extra cost, a human certified financial planner to talk to and work with. They are trained in over 72 areas of, of, of um, finance, and they can help work through a lot of challenges or just questions to, to equip you to help you reach your goals. Uh, and then we have our investment management service where we can help folks figure out, you know, if you aren't sure like what to do with your retirement, you can actually upload your retirement plan from your job and talk with that with your planner. We can manage your investments uh, for you. And a big thing is around our education. So we have a education community where we have webinars, we have self-paced courses of, of course, blogs and such. 
and it is all packaged for as low as $27 per month. Um, and we are, and we are just uber focused on helping to close the wealth gap by making these tools, these education and make it accessible for all. Uh, and, and that's, that's really what we're trying to, to do here. Well, I am a super fan of your movement and I love it. I am all for it. If there's anything that Money Talk with Tiff, Tiffany Grant can do to, you know, make sure this goes far, please let me know because this is so important to me and I love the price point. It's perfect um, for those that don't think that they can afford getting financial advice. So with that being said, where can people find you? Are you on social? You know, how can they reach out to you? Of course. And so you can reach out to us at uh, www.freemancapital.co. That's not com, it's .co. And we are on most, if not all, of the, of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, at, um, uh, at uh, Freeman Capital. And we're most active on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Thank you so much, Calvin. This was so good. You dropped so many gems. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. And I uh, really appreciate this, just this opportunity speaking with you and your audience. And I'm a major fan of, of, of your movement and I look forward to supporting it as well. All right. Thank you so much, Calvin. Have a good Thank one. You. you too. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.